Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the We Shape podcast. Hey. Hi, everybody. I'm Katie. I'm here with Tyler and Nina. And today we're going to do an episode all about movement. And we're going to answer. favorite subject I know, it's in Tyler's the world. Favorite. We're going to answer three really important questions. So I'm just going to jump in because I know you have a lot to say about this. Yeah. And I think there's some big misunderstandings um, in terms of the approach to health and fitness. Like we, Nina and I talk about this, you know, a lot around the difference between fitness and wellness, huge difference. So I'm gonna jump right in because I know you're gonna have a lot to say. Mm -hmm. uh, so the questions that we're gonna be answering today are why is the fitness industry failing us? Big one. Uh, what is the difference between exercise and movement? Mm. Why And why that's a really, really important distinction. Critical. Yeah. And then the third one is why is We Shapes move oh i am learning how to read today <laughs> what is we shapes movement approach so like the the approach that we take here around movement versus exercise is sort of like the whole reason we started this company so um it's worth our time to understand these things because once we understand these things then we act from those new places of different understandings and beliefs right yeah, absolutely. so um i want to start tyler with you know why do you think the fitness industry is failing us well, I, th I think this is a, a great question to lead in on because I think that most people have an understanding of what fitness means that is inaccurate, right? What most people think of as fitness is I look the way I want to look naked based on some ideal body standard. And the truth is that has nothing to do with actual fitness. What actual fitness means is the ability to freely move your body throughout space through a full range of motion having strength, flexibility, balance, and coordination, and doing it in a way that doesn't hurt and feels actually good, right? So how, can you actually do the things you want to do in your daily life? That's the that's the goal of fitness I'm going to pause really quick as well, because we have heard story upon story upon story of people who have tried to achieve these particular body images that we're all trying to go for, and all of those people say how miserable they are, right? Yeah. When you, Even if you get there, it's when, not going to make you happy. I think the most important thing to focus on is that what you're talking about is how your body feels. Feels, not how not it looks. Not how your body looks. Yeah. Because you can look a certain way and you can feel like shit. Yeah. So I think we have to, I just want to make that distinction r right off the bat. Like Absolutely. we've had many people on here who were like competitive fitness models. Yeah, achieved and, the ideal standard that yes. everybody would look at and say, I want to, and they were miserable and their body yes. hurt and their hormones were trashed and they felt yes. horrible about themselves. Big so, distinction. Yeah, okay. big distinction. So okay. um, if we go back to just what the fitness industry is offering right now, it's this. It's they teach you how to pump your muscles and how to elevate your heart rate so you can burn fat or create more tone. That's like the entire focus of the fitness industry. And it's because they've spent a lot of time making us feel really lousy about ourselves unless we were that ideal body standard right well people who again this goes back to like even if you are that ideal body standard does not equate to feeling a certain way yeah but people don't know that and so the majority of the time we join a fitness program with the intention of changing how we look so we can feel better about ourselves right and so um pumping muscles and uh you know elevating your heart rate um that's great but it's not teaching you movement, which is where we're gonna get on the next question here. And I think that's so important. Um, another thing I think that the fitness industry is incredibly failing us at is things are not personalized, right? At the end of the day, um, a one size fits all approach does not work. A one size fits most approach does not work. A one size fits a particular category of human still does not work that great. Everybody's body is unique. And that means that your workouts 
and the movements that you're practicing need to also be unique related to how your body is formed. You have different tightnesses, you have different weaknesses, you have different degrees of balance and coordination that you need to address. And so your program in order to feel the difference needs to be built for you. So I wanna, I wanna highlight a huge misconception here. So if I go to the latest workout program or trend and I am pushing myself to the end and I am burning a bunch of calories and I'm sweating profusely, most of us would think, I nailed it, I got a great workout in, I'm, I'm, I'm on the right path. And what I hear you saying is, eh, nope, not necessarily. That's right. Fitness is not about um, pumping your muscles and elevating your heart rate. It's about practicing movement. It's about getting better at moving your body. And I think we should highlight, you know, just to say that since we're talking about where has the fitness industry failed us, is the fitness industry has not set a standard for quality fitness. That's right. So you can be a personal trainer. I've known many personal trainers and they have a, a wide range of skill sets. You can get a certification over a weekend course or you can be, you know, studying dynamic movement patterns for two decades. Um, both can still have the certification, but both can create a very different outcome for the person who's who they're working with. And so I think, I don't know if you want to speak to that. Like there, yeah, the, there's not, no standard in the fitness industry that says this is a good program. Not all training is created equal. That's absolutely true. And the majority of the programs that you see people going through in terms of certifications are, are built on scientific studies that have been peer reviewed and validated. And while this is good, as a foundational element, we want it. We want something to be based on some sense of science, right? Um, the most contemporary science is like 50 years ahead. So like a lot of these certification programs you might go through as a trainer, which oftentimes are incredibly short as well, like a weekend certification or like a something you could do from home. Um, these things are based on science that has gotten validated from like the 1970s. Mm, you know what I mean? Whoa. And so the quantity of change that has happened since then um, is incredibly large. And what you want to look at if you want to learn from people who really understand how to expose the body to particular movements to help them uh, feel great in their bodies, you want to look at the people who are training high-level athletes who are doing incredibly high-level physical therapy, helping people get out of pain, and who are doing um, you know, performance-related activities related to fitness. So people who are studying for like acrobatics and professional uh, lifting sports and things like that. So those are the areas where so much money gets poured into, where the science gets, or the hypotheses get created, and then 50 years from now, those become the science that people are studying and rolling into their programming. So I say just skip ahead you know, 50 years and go straight to the source and try to actually leverage the information that's most contemporary right now as it relates to the goals of people feeling better in their bodies and gaining that strength, flexibility, balance, and coordination that will make you feel good in your body. And none of that science is pointing to how your body looks. No. It's pointing to how your body can function. Yeah, that's right. And I think one thing I really want to highlight, because I think people choose fitness programs hoping to get short-term results. The reality is you have to play the long-term game here. Yeah. As we age, our body starts to break down in ways that we aren't prepared for. And I think that we need to hold this, this idea of sustainability at the forefront of our mind when we're selecting a program to participate in. Because we've, we've met with physical therapists and people at the top of their, their industry who really have shared with us, if you're picking a fitness program that is rooted in pumping your muscles and burning maximum amount of calories and exerting maximum amount of effort, it is not a matter of if you're gonna get hurt, it's a matter of when. 
Yeah. So sustain, I always like to talk about what does a sustainable fitness program look like? One that can serve you from now for decades to come. Yeah, and we'll get there. To me, a sustainable fitness program is one that is personalized to you, right? And that doesn't put pressure on you to um, go out and crush it every single day and encourages you to build a better connection with listening to your body. Because ultimately, that's what we want to do. And that's a good that's a good segue into question number two here. And a quick little personal story is, you know, how I got into this is I didn't listen to my body. I remember the last big gigantic injury I had, I was doing gymnastics and I was pushing myself because the coach was yelling at me to do something and I pushed extra hard even though my body was saying, I don't know about this and I ignored it. And my knee collapsed sideways and I uh, ruptured my ACL, my LCL, my quad and my meniscus all in one shot. And this was the moment where I was like, wow, listening to your body is such an important piece and learning to hear those subtle distinctions that your body's telling you all the time. And it's also the transition point where I went back in to try and do traditional movements. You know, you go to the gym and you're doing like leg extension, things that pump your muscles and are isolating muscles and stuff. And um, most of that stuff is really painful when you've suffered from injuries that, that force your body to kind of re-coordinate movement patterns. And so I spent a lot of time um, learning about physical therapy, traveling the country, learning from some amazing trainers, some amazing physical therapists, and um, essentially rehabilitating myself. And along the way, um, I kind of recognized some patterns in that, which is that everybody who's really good at this isn't focused on exercise. They're focused on movement, right? So maybe we dovetail into question number let's, two. Let's go there. Yeah. All right. So the second question is, what is the difference between exercise and movement? Okay. Um, the most important distinction that I think of in terms of exercise and movement is exercise oftentimes is approached mindlessly, okay? We get on the treadmill and we watch the TV while we're trying to burn some calories. We go from machine to machine and we do three sets of 10 to pump our muscles. We're not thinking about movement. We're not connecting with our muscles. We're not being forced to create more stability or coordination throughout those movements because they're all isolated functions of the body. When you train in isolation, your body learns to move in isolation. A body that only moves in isolation is not a coordinated body. And it's increasing your risk because at the end of the day, if I pump up my arms or my legs or whatever on an isolated machine, I'm strengthening the, the big movers, the big muscles, but I'm not strengthening the stabilizers and the small coordinated muscles. How you avoid injury, how you increase longevity, it's sophisticating movement. It's not removing balance and coordination from the equation. It's increasing balance and coordination as you continue to grow in your ability to move your body I think more effectively. This is a good time to also mention because we've worked with some of the top physical therapists, and one of the other things that's been shared is that it's not the most common injury is not like the one you had in the gymnastics class. No, um, it's that I went to go pick up um, the silverware from the dishwasher to go put it away. That's right. Yeah, and so I think that's really important to mention because not. Many of us are not in adult gymnastics classes. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, I believe I urged you not to go to that class. Yeah, you did. But whatever, yeah. uh, not going back. Um, so I just want to I want to highlight that, like the, the the sophisticated movement patterns that you're talking about, greatly serve the sustainability yeah. of a fitness program in our life. Yeah. And that's that's kind of the second point to this is that exercise is mindless. People don't sit there and really connect with their bodies throughout it. Some people do, but for the most part, you're gonna to go to the gym and you're just gonna like go through the motions. You're not gonna connect with these movements, right? Um, movement is mindful, right? It focuses on form. It focuses on connection with the body. It, if you, if you have a well-designed program, 
It will continuously challenge you in terms of your flexibility, your strength, your balance and coordination. You can hear me say that a thousand times because those are the elements that make up good movement that make your body feel good. When you're coordinated, when you have flexibility and range of motion, when you have good balance, and when you have strength, you will be able to move your body in the way you want in your life that is you know, mostly pain-free or hopefully pain-free. Um, and it, and it, will, it will just make you feel so much better in your body, which is the ultimate goal of fitness. Feel better in your body. Yeah, we've right? got it wrong. We've got it wrong. It's Backwards. not look better, it's feel better in your body. So um, the mindfulness of movement is really important, right? There are some practices like yoga and stuff that try to encourage that, but I feel like there's a, a better strategy that I'll share in a sec um, for taking you from not really understanding how your body should feel to creating more coordination and stuff over time. Because ultimately, when we give you a movement, what you're doing is you're trying to emulate that movement, like kind of solve the problem with your body. And the, the more efficiently your body can solve that problem and the more effectively it can based on good form, right, the way that your body's meant to function, the easier you can move your body through daily life. So think about it more as a movement practice rather than going and getting exercise, right? But what if I want to burn all my calories? So, and then, I, we'll get to there in a second <laughs> okay. because at the, I think what I want to point out is that if you learn to move your body well, as time goes on, it will get more um, challenging. It will get more explosive. It will get to the point where your muscles are pumped and your heart rate is really high. But if we ignore building a strong foundation of connection with our muscles and our body and how it's supposed to feel and um, a baseline of biomechanics of how our body's supposed to move, then you're gonna, like you said, uh, the, all the PTs we talked to, if you if you pour gas on that fire, you know, you're gonna end up getting hurt. So um, it's really important to uh, build a strong foundation with this stuff. Um, so another thing about um, exercise is that people are conditioned to dislike exercise, right? Mm. How many people do <laughs> you talk to? Yeah, guilty. Yeah, right. How many people do you talk to are like exercise? Exercise is bad. They don't want to do it. The, the very word of like going to do exercise feels like you don't want to do it, right? And so I don't want to marry anything that we do and we shape to a word that has a negative stigma attached mm. to it, right? And I think the stigma comes from our youth, right? Like we went to PE classes when we oh were younger and, and the PE teachers, they weren't, they weren't teaching us games that helped sophisticate our movement patterns, help us connect with our bodies. They're like, go run a mile and let's see how many push-ups everybody can do and let's go play basketball or something like that, right? And some people excelled at that because they were just had a great foundation of movement. A lot of people felt horrible about that. I was not somebody who had a great foundation of movement. I was an overweight kid. I was unfit. I wasn't strong. I didn't have good coordination, right? And so when I would go do PE, I wouldn't feel like great about that. I'd feel lousy about that. And so I built a negative connection with exercise and had to unwind that. So I, if all we do is say exercise is, is we bring awareness to that fact that we have a stigma attached to it, then we say, okay, forget about exercise. Let's go practice moving our bodies. And this is the, this is the key element here. At WeShape, our goal is to help you care for your body, not feel pressure to change your body. And this is the same thing as brushing your teeth. You probably brush your teeth every day, right? You don't have to move your body every day, but you should do some movement practice every single week to continue to maintain and improve your body's function, right? Yeah, and I think, unfortunately, you know, the fitness industry has taken the joy out of movement. And I know, you know, Nina and I for years would, you know, do different diets or fitness things. And it wasn't until I started adopting a love for movement and focusing on how my body felt that I actually found myself moving more. Ironically, right. it's like we think that we're going to get, you know, motivated to do it. But it's actually like I think shifting that intention and focusing to movement as even a, just an experiment in your life, I think, can, can go pretty far. 
Yeah, it's yeah. big. I mean, we just had a we had somebody on the podcast of like a little while ago who was a professional fitness competitor who like like you said was everybody was praising the direction and she's like it was miserable. I hated mm-hmm. it. I felt horrible the entire time. I don't even know why I was doing it, right? And and yet we all believe that if we get there, we're going to feel really happy. Yeah. Right? And it's just not true. It's not true. What's going to make you feel happy is waking up in the morning and being able to go through your daily life and do whatever you want with your body. And I know right? it's a big ask to say, okay, everyone, ditch ditch exercise, focus on movement. So what I like to do is instead of changing a belief system in a second, is I like to say, why don't you try this experiment? Try focusing on movement, try focusing on how you feel, and just do that for a little while and see what happens. And I think that the results will speak for themselves. So is there anything else you want to say about exercise versus movement? So just to piggyback on what you just said, too, is we've had so many people in WeShape join the program, start on the movements. And I'll go over kind of how we approach things in a sec, which will give you some clarity on this. But like they start out and oftentimes it's like this doesn't feel like I'm doing enough. It's not hard enough. It's not hard enough. And their model in their mind is go to a fitness routine, sweat, pump your muscles, do that for a month, burn out, uh, don't do anything for a month, repeat. And basically all they're doing is taking one step forward, one step backward, one step forward, one step backward. And that's what most people get stuck in, right? Um, Or another problem that people get stuck in is they just do the same program over and over again. And the body needs more challenges in terms of sophisticating the strength, the movement, the the coordination, the balance, the flexibility in order to adapt. And the adaptation is is the growth of our ability to move, right? Um, but these clients will come in and just, hey, for the first couple of months, I was like, what am I doing right now? But then I scaled the movements up and all of a sudden I was like, okay, now I'm back to doing something that I thought I could do before. But all of a sudden I'm like, wow, this doesn't hurt anymore. Mm. Like this feels really good. And that I already said the foundation, but the foundation is so, so, it's worth so the time. important. It's worth the time to build a strong foundation. And f- strong foundation is things that are simpler than you think they need to be. Mm, way simpler. Way simpler. <laughs> like way. So there's a, what I hear you say is there's a little bit of trust the process. If you're yeah. joining WeShape for the first time and you're pushing play, uh, you got to you gotta understand that these workouts are designed with a different intention in, yeah. in mind. Yeah. And the intention is focused around movement and building that foundation. So... It's, it's that experiment I was just talking about. Like, give it some time, uh, adjust your expectations, and adjust your approach. And I think, like like many people in our community have said before, wow, after a couple of months, I, I really start to felt what you were talking about. Yeah, it's a big difference. It's like the, my favorite comments are always like, I could never pick up my dog food bag before, and now I throw it in the back of my car with mm. ease, you know? And just stuff like that. I think it's so powerful when you really practice movement what happens is not only do you get stronger and more balanced and coordinated and you scale up the movements and you feel good in the workouts, but like you just start to go through your daily life and you start to notice things like, whoa, I'm like picking something off the ground with good form all of a sudden when before I would just do it with horrible form and my back would always hurt, mm. you know, and, and you can do things that you couldn't do before. Um, and so like that's kind of the last point about movement and exercise. Exercise, again, is focused on how you look. Movement is focused on how you feel and how you feel is related to longevity. So if your ultimate goal is to live as long as possible, um, function and do the things you want to do as long as possible, get the whole exercise, you know, kick your own butt out of your mind and focus on building that strong foundation of movement. And I'm just going to ask, if if you're listening to this and you're trying... Did it work in the past? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think sometimes we just go to the next thing before ever examining the things that we've tried. And many people tell us many stories about how I've tried this and it didn't work. I've tried the same. It's like the same thing wrapped in a different package. Yeah. yeah. And so we're really asking people to 
really pivot here and 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 go down a, a different path. And so trust the process. And um, I'll, I'll bring up this other point I'm going to make. I think it's going to come up in the next part. So why don't we talk a little bit about what is WeShape's like approach to this movement? Like how do how are we how are we giving our our community this experience? Yeah. So. I want to start with how the body is meant to learn to move, okay? So as we're born, our, our hardwiring, our DNA literally is already programmed to teach us how to slowly go from being a baby that can't do much to being a toddler that can move its body around the world to being able to function as a child and do many of the things that even adults can't do at this point, right? And how that works is this. We're born, and the first thing we learn how to do is breathe, right? And after we learn how to breathe, we start to lift our head up, but we lift our head up by facilitating core stability. So a baby starts to learn how to brace their core in order to lift their head because their head's so heavy, right? Then as they lift their head, they start to learn how to roll. They start to learn how to move from side to side. Then they come to a kneeling position that becomes crawling, that becomes standing, that becomes walking, that becomes running, right? This is a predictable thing that you will see babies go through, and it doesn't matter where you're born or anything like that. And there will be slight variations in this that can actually cause downline issues. But for the most part, understanding that the human body has a method of progression to sophisticate movement is really important. Secondarily, on top of this, when we practice movement, we release something called brain-derived neurotropic factor, okay? This is really important because this is what's helping maintain and grow neurons and connections in our brain. So as a baby's born and they start learning to move, they're literally creating their capacity to learn mentally and cognitively and creatively inside their mind by their movement. So as adults, we can recognize that we can increase the sharpness of our minds and our ability to learn new things by learning new physical things, right? Wow. So it's a beautiful way to strengthen the brain as well when we're really mind mindfully practicing movement. So this is how the body's meant to learn. And why I wanted to start with that is because what we focus on at WeShape is two things. We focus on personalized programming meaning you're doing the movements that are right for you and you have the ability to scale those up within your program or down within your program as you see fit because we want you to listen to your body first and foremost and we want this to be a long-term sustainable journey for you. So just right? to say, every movement that we have in our daily workouts, um, or every single workout you would do, every movement has many, many, many variations. That's right. We call them micro-movement progressions. I'll get to that in a sec. Okay, so, okay. Yeah, so I'll get to okay. that in a sec. So no spoilers. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. So the, the first one is personalized program that we hang our hat on. The second one is progression, movement progressions, okay? Um, so with a movement progression, we're looking at that same pattern that people went through as an infant, right? Um, so if you're going through a movement, you, all of a sudden you're doing some squats, and you're like, oh, squats always hurt my knees, things like that. I have rarely ever worked with anybody, even on Zoom when we're doing our coaching calls or anything like that, where I couldn't make their squat feel like 10 times better in one session, right? And that's because they never were taught how to move their body well. So first as a movement progression is we need to teach every movement that we're doing with good form. 
And the, it turns out that the body really is meant to only move like a certain amount of ways, right? Like I'll give you a great example. The knee is a hinge joint, right? It's made to move forward and backward. It's not really made to move rotationally or side to side. It's, it's made to be stable in those ranges of motion, right? So how do we protect the knee? Well, we, we, we strengthen the muscles around it. Um, we increase the range of motion in a way that's pain-free. Um, and we strengthen the stabilizers around that that support that movement, that, that joint to do what it's supposed to do. We don't tell people keep doing squats even though your knee joint doing something that it's not supposed to do, right? So we have to focus on good form first as the foundation for every single movement. And what we do inside the product is we spent the last, it's been like five years of building these things, but we, we build these cues, these visual cues that teach people how to move their body well. And this is another thing I get from our calls is like, I have done, you know, three months of physical therapy after a knee replacement surgery, and nobody ever told me um, that I'm supposed to look down and make sure my knees go in the same direction as my toes. Oh, that's or that, scary. <laughs> or that my weight's supposed to be 70% of my heels and then 30% on the ball of my foot. Or that I'm supposed to grip the ground with my toes. Or that I'm supposed to push my butt back first instead of my knees forward first, right? So um, we spend a lot of time analyzing how to teach people to move their bodies well in the simplest way possible. Because, you know, like another thing, right? If um, if if you dorsiflex your shin while you're doing a squat, what you're gonna protect your, your knee joints. So, so a physical therapist would say, let's dorsiflex the tibialis muscle in order to protect the knee. And we're like, that doesn't do anything for anybody, right? So we're like, lift your toes to your nose while you're doing this, right? And That's then we give better. you visual cues to it. So we've taken a lot of time on the form side of things. Now, speaking to progression, what we focus on first with our WeShape workouts is breathing, right? The first thing you'll see in every single we shape workout is some emphasis of how to properly breathe. And there's two things that we want to focus on. One is deep diaphragmatic breathing, because um, in numerous studies, they've looked at the most important qualities to longevity. And one of the most important qualities to longevity is lung capacity. And very few people ever do any sort of exercise of their lungs and stretch of their lungs. How do you stretch your lungs? Big giant inhale, Big relaxing exhale, that's it, right? So teaching people deep diaphragmatic breathing is really important in unlocking the way that they're breathing because when we breathe into our chest, we're activating our sympathetic nervous system, the fight or flight side of our nervous system. It's it's causing a cortisol dump throughout the day. It's increasing our stress. It's decreasing our ability to have that peacefulness. When we start doing that deep diaphragmatic low belly breathing, not only are we stretching those lungs, increasing our longevity, um, but we're also activating the parasympathetic side of our nervous system, the rest and digest side so i used to ask you to skip those parts of the workout and you're like stop yeah. skipping that it's like the most important it's so part important yeah people breathe so improperly we just take it for granted yeah, yeah we and do the reality is i think most people breathe up into their chest because they don't want to breathe into their bellies because they don't want their belly to stick out yeah. that's it you feel it going against your jeans when you're sitting down and you're like Ugh. so Suck it's just it it's having to relearn that mm. a little bit it's really important and the second type of breathing is what's called braced breathing and we teach a movement called the elevator which teaches this and braced breathing is how to properly act activate your core so that you have core stability. This is important because before we do any movement as a human being, the first muscle to fire, it's not the intended muscle. So if I go to pick up this cup of coffee, it's not my shoulders and my arm, it's the core. The core always fires first because you cannot ha you cannot move a limb without a stable midsection. So we teach you how to do that more functionally, and this has helped so many people with low back pain, SI joint pain, even upper back pain as well. Because learning how to brace your core properly means that your your likelihood of getting injured during movement in your daily life or your workouts goes down significantly, especially injuries related to um, your spine. Right. Um, so we start with that. Would you, you were gonna say something? I was just gonna say, you know, when people go, oh, so what 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 are your workouts that we shape? I go. Uh, it's complicated. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, the, the user experience here is that people just just 
come they log in and they push play and they're getting these unique customizations that are rooted in everything yeah. that you're talking about but i think that the purpose of this episode is to share the complexity behind the scenes yeah this is these 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 workouts were not designed to pump your muscles and get maximum calorie burn these workouts were designed with your unique uh, physiological needs in mind and they're very complex behind the scenes but I want to reiterate to the people listening that if you're it's just joining yeah. you just actually <laughs> log in and push play we've done all the hard work behind the scenes but um, is there anything else you want to say I'm gonna, I'm gonna echo that in a okay. sec. so so we start with breathing right from there the the lower level movements I mean the movements that people would start at as a foundation are focused on mind muscle connection so there are movements that don't require very much movement that are really trying to build the connection between your mind and your body so you can feel what it feels like to fire your glutes or fire your quads or whatever muscles you need to learn how to fire better. That's really important foundation because that's what allows us to then go on to more sophisticated movements and not injure ourselves and have awareness of how our body feels, right? So mind-muscle connection is first. Then we start coordinating small movements focusing really heavily on form and how it feels. So this is gonna be slow movements, smaller ranges of motion, um, things that are going to expose us to how our body's supposed to move, but not expose us to the risks associated with doing things that are like explosive or fast or anything like that. Then over time, each movement, as you progress, as you go, I wanna make, a, uh, this is too easy, I wanna go to a harder variation, right? Um, it's going to increase one of these things, either the strength required to do the movement, the range of motion required to do the movement, the balance required to do the movement, or the um, uh, uh, coordination required to do the movement. And range of motion, I should say, is flexibility, right? And so the goal is over time, as you continue to progress from one variation of that particular movement to the next one up, to the next one up, to the next one up, you're not just building strength or changing like a muscle group or how, the way that looks and tones or whatever. Mm. You are building that strength, that flexibility, that balance and coordination that's required to feel good in your body. And this is a slow process, but if you, if you focus on consistency, over all else and listening to your body and making adjustments up or down over time that will that will result in you learning how to connect with movement how that feels and feeling good in your body i have a question for you yeah so like you know you're talking about starting with this big important foundation and then moving forward slowly when someone comes into our product i think sometimes they do say to themselves this is too easy i'm just doing deep breathing i can do deep breathing right so like how would you find that sweet spot of this isn't too easy i'm building a foundation i don't have because fitness has never given me this opportunity mm -hmm. uh, rather than scaling up to the point where it feels hard it feels challenging because like i can do a lot of range of motion stuff that is actually not safe for me to do and i do tend to get hurt when that happens yeah so how do you find that kind of sweet spot for someone who's coming in just start at the beginning well that's the thing is like range of motion is great um but if you pair it with strength and core coordination and balance, all of a sudden somebody with, with good range of motion doesn't mean they can necessarily do the hardest thing, even if they can assume that position because they don't have the strength of the coordination, right? right? So it's, you have to really intelligently design the progression of movements so that it starts with uh, mind-muscle connection, then it goes to small coordinated movements, then it goes to bigger coordinated movements, then it goes to faster coordinated movements, mm. right? And along the way, increasing all of those attributes, right? And I think the biggest thing that we always encourage is go slow and be consistent. Right, and I think and that- And trust the process. And trust the process. So like at the end of the day, what does that really mean? Like how do you know you've put in some time and, and effort? We ask people to do two workouts a week. Our workouts are 30 minutes max right now. So that's literally one hour per week of your time to see some considerable results in how your body feels from following along to the workouts. So there so you go. So to sum up, <laughs> um, really if quick. someone asks you about your workout, you could probably just share this episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, but my intention and hope for 
the people in our community who are using our workouts is to push play and know that we have their best physical interest in mind yes. and that we're focusing on movement. But I understand that us sharing this information is really important because people do come to us with the intention of I have to burn a maximum amount of calories, I have to have maximum output, and we wanted to share why we're not doing it that way. Yeah. So I appreciate you taking the time to explain that. And so and the goal is like hopefully this will help people like again connect with their bodies and move better so they feel better in their bodies. But if you want to think about what it is, think about it as something that is somewhat similar to combining you know physical therapy with some aspects of yoga with a lot of aspects of um, you know really well designed strength and conditioning programs and um, that's ultimately what's going to get you to the goal of feeling better in your body which again is improving your strength flexibility balance and coordination over time so that you can do whatever you want with it and I do think that the majority of people since we do have this technology that is providing this extremely customizable real-time scalable experience uh, most of the time people that works just just fine for people but sometimes people do have questions so I want to also share that we offer um, a variety of Q&A calls with you um, throughout the week so that people can get their questions answered yeah. if they're feeling like oh I'm trying this but I'm still not feeling great or I'm still experiencing pain so we want to also provide that extra support because our goal is to provide a workout program that is rooted in what is best for the human body, yeah. not rooted in getting people to look a certain what way. What is best for your body too. You yeah. know, like one of my big goals would be to put our program up against people working with actual trainers. And our program would win in terms of the ability to teach people how to move well and uh, you know, program design itself. So, you know, that's that was the goal is to 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 turn this thing into um, you know, a physical therapist, trainer, um, support coach all rolled into one and, and one that could make good decisions for you um, based on the input that we're gathering from you. But again, show up twice a week, press play, follow along, answer a few questions along the way, and we'll just keep customizing it to you and hopefully improve your experience over time. Well, thank you for taking the time to explain the complexity behind the scenes because I think it's important for people to understand we're trying to set a new standard in the fitness industry one that is rooted in connection with your body and feeling good for the long haul. So, And give people the opportunity to have access to programming and information that you wouldn't normally have access to, right? I've, I have spent so much time, money, and energy learning this stuff. And um, when I used to train people, I was not a cheap personal trainer. And the goal was how do you deliver that kind of experience to someone for less than the price of a gym membership? So hopefully people really see the value that we've built around this. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening in. And um, if you ever have any questions, please send us an email at podcast at weshape.com. We'd love to, to hear from you. And we'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope you enjoyed today's show. Now, before you go, it would mean a lot to us if you could take a moment right now to subscribe to the podcast and then leave us a review. This helps spread the word so more people can feel lighter by shedding one belief at a time. Also, we want to hear from you. So if this episode impacted you or you have any questions that you think would be great for us or any of our future guests, please feel free to email us at podcast at weshape.com. And finally, if you want to try WeShape's different approach to health and fitness, remember that right now you can sign up for WeShape's Feel Good Challenge and get access to everything WeShape has to offer for free. Just click the link in our podcast description or go to weshape.com slash challenge to sign up.